0: Which explains how the better lives of people.
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Spencer Lohman, and I have the privilege of hosting today's episode on the Rhythms Podcast. You know, our heart and our desire has been from the beginning to have conversations around spiritual rhythms and practices that anchor us in the way of Jesus, that shape us and mold us as spaces of formation to become more and more like Jesus. Um, It is the new year. I cannot believe it. We are in 2021. And what better way to kick off the new year than to have a conversation around rule of life. Uh, So on today's episode, I will be joined by a good friend of mine, Jay Sykes. Jay is one of the closest friends in my life and someone who I have a lot of conversations with about spiritual formation and practices. And we're going to just have a very honest conversation around what a rule of life is and how we implement it in our life, where it came from, and why it's so important for us in 2021. Uh, If you haven't followed and subscribed yet to the Rhythms podcast, I encourage you to do so. That would mean the world to us. And also at United City Greensboro, we actually have a reading plan that we have put out for the world to use during the Epiphany Tide season, which kicks off today. It's a season that leads us up to Lent and focuses in on the manifestation of the glory of God through the life and ministry of Jesus. And so if you want to access that reading plan you can at UnitedCityGSO.com backslash epiphany. With that being said, I want to welcome you to the Rhythms Podcast and hope you enjoy this conversation about rule of life with my dear friend Jay Sykes. Well, Jay, it's certainly a pleasure and an honor to have you join in. Jay uh, is a really close friend of mine. In fact, I was actually in Jay and Aaron's wedding. Uh, Aaron is Jay's (laughs) wife, and they're dear friends of ours. And we've had lots of conversations over the last probably, I don't know, Jay, what, a year about spiritual formation, practices, rhythms, this subversive lifestyle that really goes against the grain of the speed and the hurry and the fast-paced go-get-it nature of the wild wild west that we live in in society and I know that Jay and Aaron have had a lot of conversation around rule of life specifically in their own marriage and in their own Mm -hmm. faith journey and obviously it is 2021 now I can't believe it we are now officially into 2021 and Uh, Actually, today we have entered into the Epiphany season within the liturgical calendar, um, which looks at the manifestation of God through the person of Jesus in his life, his ministry, his teachings. And I think talking about rule of life to jumpstart 2021 is a really great way to kind of lay a foundation for what um, we want to see our rhythms look like in this upcoming year and I know Jay and I have talked about the difference between just setting goals that can be checked off of a list and creating new practices that are ongoing or new steps that are ongoing in our life and rule of life really sets all that into motion so our conversation today is going to be just about that so Jay welcome to the rhythms podcast
0: Thanks, Spencer. It's really good to be on here um, and really encouraged by just the invitation. And uh, yeah, rule of life has been something that I definitely have been uh, diving into, praying about, trying to reorient my life <laughs> around probably for the last two or three years now. Um, but like you said, my, myself and my um, my wife, Erin, uh, we've really, uh, especially over the last year, uh, been trying to prayerfully discernfully just kind of um, put ourselves in a position that allows us to flourish more uh kind of under underneath the weight of kind of our apprenticeship to jesus and uh a rule of life has been a really helpful way to to engage in that, so I'm excited to share more about it with you
1: yeah and and we are we're glad um, you know most people hear rule of life and they have no idea what we are talking about. <laughs> In fact, it's a pretty new concept, I think, maybe for both of us. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd love for you just to kind of share as we jump into the conversation, uh, right into the deep end, where did you first hear of this concept called a rule of life?
0: Right. So I actually, I didn't realize it, but I heard about it when I was an undergrad. Um, I, I took a course on Christianity to the Reformation and um, was uh, introduced to the world of St. Benedict, um, and from an academic standpoint, um, read through that. Uh, and then, obviously, years later, I was probably two or three years ago, um, I came across it um, listening through some of the material provided by Bridgetown Church and, and John Mark Homer, um, and started really asking some questions about how I was... How my life or how our lives are oriented around um, practical steps uh, that are used to create spiritual rhythms, um, mm. and so uh, it was interesting going through that material and then seeing uh, Saint Benedict uh, in the rule of in his rule of life. Uh, there and realizing oh wait i've read through this before um so it was good it was good to be reintroduced to it and kind of freshly introduced to the the practices kind of around it and that kind of being you know where it started so
1: yeah and i think for me um it's really been a couple years and in, and in, in hearing it from um different pastors i think that was attribute tribute their um camp to spiritual formation, the spiritual formation circle. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you referenced John Mark Comer, who we have a, a great quote that I'll reference later in the podcast from him or, you know, Pete Scazzaro and Ruth Haley mm-hmm. Barton and Dallas Willard and, um, James Bryan Smith and so many that fall in this spiritual formation camp. Um, but for me, it was a, a awakening of what my, life can can look like in terms of moving towards flourishing and Mm -hmm. uh, experiencing the uh as we say unforced rhythms of grace or the easy yoke of jesus and actually there's freedom that comes when we implement this rule of life which seems to be counterintuitive but it suggests um but you have already mentioned uh saint benedict and that kind of leads into the next question around rule of life um but where did the rule of life come from? That's the question. I think many people are probably asking um, who are listening to the podcast. So where, what are the origins of rule of life?
0: Right. So the kind of the, the, I guess the source material really would be the rule of St. Benedict and basically uh, St. Benedict in my very, uh, uh, I guess, uh, broad view or broad understanding of it is, you know, when we look at sort of the monastic traditions, um, really, this is kind of somewhat where it got its start. It really got its start in the desert fathers. Um, but Benedict is really the one that kind of took all of that and organized it, uh, in such a way to create something that could be, you know, uh, copied or, um, uh, implemented and learned from, um, but basically, uh, it, it was an ordering of, you know, the, the day of, of a monk or the monastic order um, from prayer uh, to work to, um, you know, sleeping uh, to, uh, you know, being a part of the community and in what way that they could be. Uh, but basically, uh, rule is uh, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more, but rule is is not rules. It's a rule. Um, which comes from a uh, uh, original Latin word, which is "regula," um, which is another word for uh, trellis. And so, uh, you think about a trellis and vines that grow on a trellis, the a vineyard. Uh, vines have to have something that they can cling to to grow up and to sure. produce. So uh, if they don't, you know, if they don't, they either are exposed to predators or they just don't they don't grow like they're supposed to. And so, kind of taking that illustration, that idea. Uh, a a rule is really something that is in place to help us flourish and really comes from, um, which I'm sure you'll, you'll reference to, you know, in John where Jesus says, I'm the vine uh, and you're the branches. And so for us to fully flourish and really for us to grow in the way that Christ has called us to, and to produce the fruit that, you know, Paul talks about and that Christ talks about we have to be in a posture and a place where we're going to produce like we're producing the full amount that we're supposed to and that God calls us to. So that's that's kind of just the, the small, very broad illustration of <clears throat> what a rule of life is and what it's what it's for.
1: Yeah. So we're talking about something that has been a part of church history for 1500 years Dating back to the sixth century, Saint Benedict, this Benedictine Order, and there are still Benedictine right. monks across the world today, right. um, which is fascinating. I think, and this is a practice that is old. It's not new. It's not something that just came out in a book a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, or some kind of hit in the nineties. You know, it was. Uh, it has been something that's been a part of the church. Um, even prior to the reformation, a thousand years prior to the reformation. And so, um, I think that's really helpful again, to see something in its expansive history and how it's been around for so long. It's robust and it's had such an impact on, um, many believers across the world, um, Mm -hmm. really. And so you, you hit on, um, kind of the next conversation for us, which is what is a rule of life? Uh, And again, I think it requires a translation of rules. We're not talking about rules, Um, right? Rules are by very nature, constraint, constraining, and Mm -hmm. a rule of life is actually meant to be liberating. And Mm -hmm. um, rules tend to be, I think, um, holding us against something or forcing Mm -hmm. us not to engage in something where a a rule actually sets us up to engage Mm
0: -hmm. or to
1: live or to flourish. And I love that you talked about, just reorienting. It's a way of orienting our life towards flourishing. And we know that Jesus right. says that he came to give life and life to the full, which is flourishing. So, right. um, you know, you mentioned this Latin translation of the word rule, which is regular and it can be literally translated a piece of wood <laughs> which it can then be moved into the understanding of a trellis or like a vineyard right. where it provides a guide um for a vine um or so, a ruler or <laughs> a ruler exactly you know yeah. there's there's yeah. no better example of what we're talking about than when we're talking about a ruler but it's meant right. to orient something or index something mm. in a direction um right. versus again this kind of external constraint that rules uh, tend to uh, place on our life. And so I, I really love, and one of the reasons why we call this Rhythms, uh, the Rhythms podcast, is because for many people, that's a much more accessible word. Um, mm-hmm. The moment we say rule in a hyper-individualistic and autonomous mm-hmm. society, everyone's just like emotions flare up dramatically. And so we've had to translate it. But really the the whole theme of this podcast is rooted in a rhythm of life or a rule of life. Um, and so, you know, my, my next kind of conversation for us really is focused around why, and this will get into more of the specifics of what it looks like to practice a rule of life. Um, because Mm -hmm. whether we know it or not, we all have one. Um, that's, that's the the most beautiful thing about this is that we already have a rule of life for most of us. It's just subconscious. So, um, before we get to that point, because that's the practical kind of takeaway, mm-hmm. why do you feel like it is so important in 2021, let alone coming out of 2020, the most right. topsy-turvy, monumental, challenging year, probably for our entire lifetime up to this point, mm-hmm. um, why do you think it's so important that we practice a rule of life as, as followers of the way of Jesus?
0: right i think uh kind of going back to what you were saying about the orientation is the fact that we as human beings are always going to be oriented towards something uh and as human beings you know created in god's image we uh we bear a divine imprint and so that creates us uh in, in sort of a divine nature to be creatures that have a sense of of worship have a desire for worship and of course you know all of us, you know, every person on the planet, regardless of whether they're, you know, in, orga- in some sort of, you know, organized religion or spirituality, or whatever it may be, are oriented towards something that they give themselves to. And so I think that it's just so, so important to have a clear direction or understanding of what you're oriented to. Yeah, and I think so really that's what, you know, the rule is for is really having a, a place to um, not just accomplish something or just engage in those rhythms. But I think, you know, in the, and we'll talk about this, I'm, I'm sure in some practical steps is really what the rule does is allows you to understand and to see what direction you're pointing. Um, because you can't, you can't get to your destination or you can't, um, you know, and you, I've heard you mention it before on previous episodes, the fact that we're on a journey and it's really about understanding what journey I'm on. And, mm-hmm. and that, I think that that's really kind of a starting place of why I feel like it's been so important to really engage with the world and why it's important, especially in 2021 after coming out of 2020 sure. uh, with so much sound, so much, uh, so many items and so many events drawing our attention. Uh, that we really ask ourselves as followers of Jesus who we're following. And that's, that's really the importance and the gravity of, of, of having this rule and sort of in place.
1: I think that's great to acknowledge the fact that we all are on this journey. We're all moving towards something. The question isn't, Mm -hmm. are we moving towards anything or not? The question is who or what are we moving towards? what is pulling us, what keeps us going. I think uh, James K. Smith says we're like sharks. We're always on the move. And um, mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's a pretty, um, pretty cool analogy that he uses to describe okay. the human experience. Um, and it really is rooted in our desires and our wants and our longings. Mm-hmm. And um, so just this, that idea alone is very important that we're on a journey and we're moving towards something or someone. The question is, who or what are we moving after or towards? And um, for many of us, that is um, happiness. You know, we're just in pursuit right. of happiness. <laughs> and that's right. like before. The problem with that is happiness is just a byproduct of something that we pursue. Hopefully, right. happiness comes from whatever we pursue. But you can't just pursue Happiness, just like you can't just pursue security, you pursue mm-hmm. something or someone that provides security for mm-hmm. you. Um, right. I love Pete Scazzaro. He kind of gives a definition, a very simple definition of what a rule of life is, from his book "Emotionally Healthy Spirituality." Which, if you haven't book, read it, by the way, yes. I highly encourage you. Twenty twenty one, add it to your list of books that you want to read this year. Uh, he says a rule of life, very simply, is an intentional conscious plan to keep God at the center of everything we mm-hmm. do now a lot of us grew up in an environment in the South, especially for those of you listening, the Bible Belt South, where our formation to Jesus or our discipleship to Jesus was focused primarily on marks or destination points that we're just trying to achieve or get to or arrive at. But the nice thing about rule of life is it's direction oriented it's not destination centered it's direction oriented, meaning that you can be a 70 year old individual who's been following Jesus for five decades and you're not even oriented towards Jesus, you know? And so I think, or you could be 18 years old, just started the journey and you are oriented towards the person of Jesus. And so I think that is also a nice understanding of why rule of life is important because it reiterates direction and not just destination. Not the maturity is is bad. It certainly is is Mm -hmm. a biblical reality that we are going to be formed and be mature, but because we're finite beings and Jesus is infinite and we're following Mm -hmm. him, we should always be ordered in a way that is moving towards him and his kingdom. No matter if we've been on the journey for a year or for 25 years and a rule of life helps us in that orientation, um, Mm -hmm. by way of allowing Jesus to be the center of our total being, Not just our emotions or feelings, but our heart, soul, mind, and our strength, the totality of who we are with our resources, with our thoughts, um, with our acts of service, with everything that we do in life, with our job, with our family, with our spouse. Jesus is the centering anchor point, and the rule of life helps us to be anchored in that reality. And so, Schizero again defines that rule of life very simply as an intentional, conscious plan to keep God at the center of everything. We do.
0: Right. Um, John
1: Mark Comer also, in speaking of this trellis idea from his book *Ruthless Elimination of Hurry*, he says, "What a trellis is to a vine." A rule of life is to abiding. Jay mentioned that a second ago about John 15. Mm-hmm. It's a structure, in this case, a schedule and a set of practices, or we like to call them rhythms, to set up abiding as the central pursuit of your life. It's a way to organize all of your life around the practice of the presence of God, to work and rest and play and eat and drink and mm-hmm. hang out with your friends and run errands and catch up on the news, all out of place of deep, loving enjoyment of the Father's company. Boom! That's like mic drop.
0: Right, Comer exactly. just
1: finish it off for us. So, Jay, do you have any exactly. thoughts just to kind of jump off of that?
0: Yeah, I'm. Well, kind of not to backtrack too far, um, but you were talking, and we were talking about the idea of orientation, uh, and I, one of the things that I've I've had to wrestle with, and I wrestled with uh, probably my college years, is really the wrestling of you know the whole idea of legalism and liberty within the church. Uh, I think that there was a a kind of a, not necessarily a crisis of faith, but a wrestling of faith in my, you know, in my college years in regards to understanding uh, what I want to do versus what Jesus has called me to do. And what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, growing up, like you said, in Southern Bible culture, you get this caricature of what a good Christian looks like, what they do, what they don't do. Um, and you know, why do I keep, and and even as trying to follow those things and be that person, you know, why do I continually fall into these things that I don't want to fall into? Why can't I, you know, but all, all of that to say, you know, it leads into this place, uh, where I think that many in our generation, uh, embrace this idea of liberty without accountability. Uh, and sort of this idea of I'm going to love Jesus, but I'm not going to uh, live under any sort of hindrance that biblically or uh, scripturally is provided to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that while I understand that that might seem in the moment, it's kind of like what you said, uh, you know, a rule is something that helps us stay oriented um, and accountability helps us stay oriented. Um, and so part of that is understanding how we approach discipleship to Jesus uh do we sh- approach a discipleship discipleship i 'm sorry to Jesus as a sense of Jesus as a priority, or do we approach our discipleship to him as Jesus as central mm-hmm. and its centrality and so instead of viewing uh my relationship with Christ as this compartmentalized i do x y or z uh it's more about everything that I do Mm -hmm. is oriented to discipleship to Jesus. So the reality is every time I do something, it's not a compartmentalized thing that's separate from my discipleship to Jesus. When I eat, uh, when I sleep, uh, when I engage in relationships, all of that, um, what I do is always going to shape me and how I do it is going to shape me. And so kind of reorienting or, you know, kind of uh, recalibrating myself to see um, that these, the functions of my day are not compartmentalized motions through my life, but more they are indicative, how I do them, what I engage in are indicative of my spiritual appetites and my spiritual rhythms and really the spiritual temperature of mm-hmm. of my life and my appetites. Um, so I mean, I know that's just that's a major, you know, aspect as far as understanding this idea of what makes the trellis so so important.
1: Yeah, I know many, many of us have probably been asked the question, how is our spiritual life as though it's this separate
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, compartment of our life that we can measure on its own apart from everything else? Um, but I've heard it said before, if you were to ask Jesus, how is his spiritual life or how is your spiritual life? Jesus, he would look at you and go, what, like, what do you mean? You mean my life, the totality <laughs> right. of who I am? Like we are right. holistic beings. So I think that's good. And, um, as we kind of move into the the final portion of this, um, let's talk about how can we implement now, obviously Jay and I are certainly not masters. Uh, we've no. just kind of be- begun Gosh, this no. journey. <laughs> and if anything, I think a rule of life shows us how, either for me personally um, uh, undisciplined I am or how unaware I am of just these practices that uh, are subconscious to my everyday life. So what does it look like for us to begin to implement a rule of life, this set of practices into our life that orient us towards the person of Jesus?
0: Right. I think it's important at the very beginning, and especially at this time, you know, it's January, New Year's resolutions, a rule of life is not are not new year's resolutions. They're not, yeah. and they're and, and they're not goals. We kind of mentioned that earlier. They're not tasks on a list that you're trying to accomplish. You know, that the, the problem, and like you mentioned before, goals, really, the issue with goals is that it's a destination, which right. there's nothing innately wrong with goals. I think that it's, it's fine to set goals, but I think when you're talking about eternal beings um, as far as the human soul and the spiritual life, Um, there, there is a, there is a rhythm we have to engage in that we have to understand is, is again, it's eternal. Uh, and so when I talk about, when we talk about rules, as far as engaging in, uh, not seeing them as goals or as resolutions is the fact that we're trying to get ourselves into a place where we're not just, uh, trying to reach, uh, this place, but rather we're trying to engage in in a, in a different way of being. Right. Um, so that's, that's, that's where I would start is kind of, you have to define and understand what this is. Um, because so it's, it's not just doing, easy. not just right. doing, it's being. Right. right. It is, it is being, um, and understanding that being is always going to emplace your doing, um, and coming into, into, uh, honest conversations about being is really what shapes your doing. Um, so that's, that's kind of, a. a, a a preface to sort of understanding, you know, where you start. Um, but I know when I've, when I have engaged in the rule of life and trying to figure out, you know, what do I need to do? What are the practical steps? Um, is really asking people that are closest to me, you know, this is where I'm at spiritually kind of engaging in these conversations. This is where I'm at spiritually. This is where I'm feeling spiritually and really in good uh, under the, under a good mentor or under a good friend or someone who can really speak into my life and has that account, that credibility in my life, speaking into, you know, what are the things that I know are true about me and what are the things that are not true and what are the things that I need to engage with probably more at a deeper level, um, as far as my apprenticeship to Jesus or in my spiritual walk. So I would say that's, that's probably another good starting place too. um, And then after kind of having those conversations and kind of doing that sort of personal assessment is sitting down and really asking myself, what are my days usually look like? Um, You know, when I wake up in the morning, where do I start? What's the first thing that I do? Um, And then throughout my day, what does my day look like? What does my temperament look like? What is my uh, engagement with others look like? Um, You know, what what are my appetites? And, And just kind of being able to assess all of that and then being able to sit down and then say, look, it probably would be a lot better if I don't look at my phone as the first thing in the morning. You know, right. um, it's probably a good idea that, you know, uh I spend at least five minutes, 10 minutes in scripture, in a psalm. Um it's probably a good idea uh that I, you know, engage uh you know in my work in such a way um, that is fulfilling or life-giving or the relationships I have with coworkers or people that I interact with up the day, kind of asking myself, am I being available to other people? Um, and, and even at the end of the day, how am I ending my day? Well, uh, am I eating well throughout the day? Am I eating dinner? Well, uh, especially in, in regards to my family, my wife, am I engaging with my wife? Well, um, and so those are, those are some of the questions that I'm, that I'm, that I'm asking, you know, to, to create that. Um, and then obviously uh, I sit down with my wife and we practically lay out, this is what our day is going to look like. Um, and this is what we're going to do. Um, and this is how we're going to get there. And, and there are going to be days, of course, that I, you know, I don't live in the rule probably the way, the right. best way I possibly can. And that's and there's grace. And there's grace in that. Uh, Keyword is grace though, is the fact that you, <laughs> you learn from it, you adjust and, you know, you, you uh, you move forward, um, because it's going to be easy to uh, try to step outside of that accountability. And again, I think with the rule of life, you need accountability. You know, yeah. you need you need someone that is speaking into it, that is helping you um, hold you accountable. I think the easiest way, you know, if you're married, um, you know, you have a spouse, and you do it together as a family. Um, if you're single, uh, I think that it's really important that you have men or women in your life that are kind of speaking into that um so i i, I think that that's really in a, in a large nutshell that's a good place to kind of start but that that is kind of what it looks like you know theoretically on on the beginning of it
1: yeah that's so good and i think for some of you listening you may be totally overwhelmed right now with this idea of a rule of life <laughs> right uh, and I think it's important to to reference once again that we all have one already. You have a rhythm mm-hmm. to your life. You get up at a certain time. You brush your teeth at a certain time. You um, watch a certain show at, at certain times of the day, and you do certain errands each time of the week. And so we have a rule of life. What if we just looked at the things that we did and the, the habits right. that we had, and we became more intentional about them okay. and right. uh, adjusted accordingly? I think one of the best um, – steps I think to get started for all of us is to recognize that first and foremost a rule of life is a means to an end it is not the end goal Uh, a rule of life is merely a path pathway or passage into uh, a life of abiding and to flourishing and to experiencing the fullness of life Um, Jesus literally did come to give us a good life and uh, not necessarily an easy life but he is the author of the good life. Um, The second thing I thought about is just to start small and simple, right? Uh, You don't have to get so worked up over this strict rigid and some people have it and you may work to that point, the strict rigid rule of life, but to start small and simple. I love the, uh, the practice of the daily office, which is a a three times a day prayer, morning, noon, and night. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a good habit or rhythm. Um, you know, or to start by just taking the first 10 minutes of your day to uh, pray the Lord's prayer a couple times over or, uh, yeah. having intentional conversations throughout the week that are longer, that are in person, um, to examine your finances and are you being generous and, you know, make it a point or in a rhythm to be generous. Um, and you know, you can be as yeah. simple as you, as you can, but that's always a good starting point to be, uh, right. very simple and to right. just kind of get started. So uh, well, I'm going to kind of go ahead Jay.
0: Yeah, and I want to say one more thing that I would I would add into that a good place to start um which I think is taken for granted especially in our go 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 kind of culture here in America uh is just sleep. Um mm, I think I love sleep. sleep is yeah, everyone loves nap. it. <laughs> right. And so there's there's a good balance in that but it's there's interesting you know before, and I'm showing a little bit of my, my nerdness here, but uh, before electricity, you know, when the sun went down, people went to sleep. Yeah. Um, and we don't do that now. <laughs> right. So, you know, and so being disciplined in sleep is a really great place to start because, you know, I, I have seen where I have fought against myself in saying, I don't want to go to sleep right now like a child in some ways. (laughs) And I remember talking to someone about it. And the best way they put it is they, they talk about how they've, they've gotten up, they've gone to work, they've worked all day, it's the evening time, and they want their time to themselves. And they stay up later than when they really want to. And that could look like vegging on Netflix, it could be going out with friends, it could be scrolling through their phone mindlessly. But there is this idea that this is my time and I deserve yeah. it and I should use it. And, and the, the truth is, again, when we're talking about anything with time, especially as Christians or people following Jesus is that our time is, is given to us by grace and we have to steward it well. And mm-hmm. sleeping is a part of that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's another big one. I would just say, start with sleep, set a bedtime and, and get your sleep like you're supposed to. And that's a great place that will open up the door to so many other things. And I've, I've just found that personally for myself. So.
1: Yeah, I think that's good. Or even just, you know, set the same rhythm every night, you know, go, go to bed at right. the same time, get up at the same right. time. And I, and I'm, again, I'm not saying this from a place of mastery because I have not arrived mm-hmm. by any means, but I think right. these are good, you know, starting points for many of us or, you know, limit our, our time on our phone. We spend so much time as Jay just referenced right. briefly, mindlessly scrolling on uh Instagram or Facebook or now TikTok.
0: And half know, the time whoa. we don't even realize, yeah, half the time it we just, don't even realize it.
1: Before yeah. you know it, an hour has gone by. And um, so what we're talking about is restraint. Now, we live in a culture that fears restraint um, and, and sometimes for good reason, potentially, because of you know this um, helicopter parental environment maybe that you grew up in in the oh. 90s. Um, but the reality is, is that restraint is a good thing. Um, you know, I've said before, if you put a three-year-old kid in the middle of downtown and tell them, do whatever you want to do, um, they're not going to flourish. They're not going to, they're not going to thrive. And so again, our end goal isn't to be able to do whatever we want to do. The end goal is actually flourishing and to get to flourishing, it requires a level of restraint. And I mean, I've thought about even when I've gone bowling before and I am no bowling pro by any means, but Mm -hmm. if those, those rails go up the amount of anxiety drops dramatically and oh, right. I do have the freedom to just throw the ball you just down the, the lane and it,
0: yeah, versus yeah. walking
1: up with fear of, you know, throwing a gutter ball. So um, I know this was just an intro conversational rule of life and we will definitely yeah. have more conversations um, in, the, in the coming year around rule of life. But I feel it's so important for us in 2021 in this time and season i think people are craving it honestly but i think it's important for us to examine our schedule examine our time where is it being spent are we being intentional about the practices and the habits that we have in our life and um, put together a rule of life and start small, start simple. But to close, I'm going to read this quote from Ruth Haley Barton, who says, a rule of life is a way of ordering our life around the values, practices, and relationships that keep us open and available to God for the work of spiritual transformation that only God can bring about. And that is the ultimate hope for all of us. That's my hope for you. That's my hope for Jay, for myself, Mm -hmm. that we would experience transformation. So, uh, Jay, thank you so much for taking time on this uh, Wednesday afternoon, first day of Mm -hmm. Epiphany, um, Mm -hmm. to have this conversation on Rule of Life. Thank you.
0: Really appreciate it.